Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Tuesday, June 28th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis. And I'm David Escobar. Coming up, we'll have some features from reporters, but let's get started now with the headlines. Today is primary day in New York State, and polling sites around the city have been busy. Yeah, David, voter turnout for the primaries is usually pretty low, but this year's participation may see an increase. That's right. Election experts like Columbia University professor Esther Fuchs say the recent Supreme Court rulings on guns and abortions may drive more voters to the polls. That might be good news for the incumbent, Kathy Hochul. She's the heavy favorite for the Democrats. For the Republicans, Lee Zeldin holds a narrow lead over Andrew Giuliani. In other election-related news, New York City elections are getting a major shakeup. A Staten Island judge ruled that non-citizens will no longer vote in city elections. Now advocates are speaking out and defending the Our City, Our Vote bill that went into effect in January. Wenyi Chin with the New York Immigration Coalition says it's important for non-citizens to be represented in local elections. I just want to emphasize, this is a decision that would impact close to a million New Yorkers in New York City. These are individuals who live here, who work here, they're our neighbors, they're our colleagues. And it is frustrating that we see voting rights and democracy take such a hit in a moment where we are continually fighting for our rights. The ruling is a big win for Republicans, who say the bill went against the state constitution. But the city's law department and mayor's office say the fight isn't over yet. 51 of New York City's polls open today, but there's one problem. Yeah, Nicoletta, the city has yet to fill half of the pool's lifeguard positions. That means many swim programs are at risk of being cut. The New York City Learn to Swim program has already been canceled for the second year in a row. Many aerobics classes will also be cut. So Mayor Adams is saying the city is going to explore its options to hire more lifeguards. One idea floating in the air is to lower requirements for the job. But if the situation gets worse, it could mean limiting pool capacities and even shutting some pools down. New York's public pools are definitely suffering, but its museums are thriving. One of the city's only free museums is getting a pretty unusual gift today. That's right. The American Folk Art Museum near Lincoln Center is receiving a $5 million donation from Becky and Bob Alexander. The couple is all the way from Arkansas and are big supporters of the arts. Today's gift is a big boost for the museum, but it didn't actually suffer too much during the pandemic. Even though the Folk Art Museum is free, it avoided layoffs and cutbacks when it shut down during 2020. That's because the museum received federal protection funding and its regular donations remained steady. That wasn't the case for a lot of museums, though. Arts funding took a big hit during the pandemic. But the $5 million donation is part of a larger trend for museums in New York. The Giving USA Foundation says museum philanthropy is now up almost 30%. The American Folk Art Museum plans to honor the Alexander's donation. It'll name its CEO position after the couple. On the topic of arts, the world of theater will be reaching a new audience beyond Broadway. That's right, Nicoletta. Andrew Lloyd Webber and Antonio Banderas are teaming up to create a production company aimed at Spanish speakers. The famous composer and Spanish actor are naming it Amigos para Siempre, or Friends Forever. The platform will feature Spanish interpretations of Broadway shows and musicals. That lineup is going to include some of Webber's most famous work, like Phantom of the Opera, Jesus Christ Superstar, and Sunset Boulevard. 
Together, Banderas and Weber hope to bring beloved Broadway classics to a new Spanish-speaking audience. With higher grocery costs due to inflation, food insecurity has grown across the city. WFUV's Madison Colombo spoke with volunteer organization City Harvest about how they're working to feed New York's most vulnerable. For many young New Yorkers, school is a main source of food. However, when bells ring in June, many kids are left without knowing where their next meal could come from. City Harvest is working on fixing this. I spoke with Ellen Granger, Senior Manager of Supply Chain and Donor Relations for City Harvest, to talk about their recent food drive aimed at feeding the city's kids. So what is City Harvest? So City Harvest is New York's first and largest food rescue organization. So we started back in 1982 and we rescue food from all types of food related businesses and that food would otherwise be going in the trash. So it's perfectly good food. We focus on nutritious food. Uh, Most of what we rescue is actually fresh produce. And then we work with 400 partners around the five boroughs to get that food out to the community. Tell me a little bit about your most recent campaign, the Feed Our Kids Drive. So the Feed Our Kids Food Drive is one of our largest annual food drives where we engage um, schools, businesses, individuals across the city to collect food for City Harvest. And it has the focus of raising kid-friendly, nutritious foods specifically for children before the school year is up when we know that meals, like free meals that kids would normally get in school might be harder to come by. And how has the need for food grown since the pandemic? So we do know that um, food insecurity in children has gone up a lot since the pandemic. One of the clearest stats is that one in four New York City children is uh, struggling with food insecurity since the pandemic has begun. And so with City Harvest specifically, we've worked with our community partners over the past year to serve nearly 8 million meals to children and their families specifically. And that just to, as a point of comparison is almost double pre-pandemic levels. The need has really gone up, especially with all the rising grocery prices, rising gas prices, you know, food, the food budget is usually what gets cut first. The Feed Our Kids drive ended earlier this month, but you can still get involved with City Harvest's upcoming food drives. For more information, you can visit our website, WFUVnews.org. That was WFUV's Madison Colombo speaking with City Harvest. Now let's head over to the world of sports with WFUV's Sam Davis. NBA free agency has been heating up, and I know there's some big news out of Brooklyn. What's going on with the Nets, Sam? A lot going on with the Nets. Kyrie Irving opted into the final year of his $36.5 million contract to stay with the Brooklyn Nets. Irving initially requested a trade with a list of teams he wanted to play for, and the Nets were looking at these options. However, only one team showed interest in the controversial star, leading him to stay with the Nets for the upcoming season. Because of his unvaccinated status, Kyrie Irving was not allowed to play home games due to the New York City vaccine mandate for much of last season. Irving played just 29 games, which is probably why only the Lakers, with his former teammate LeBron James, were interested in trading for him. The expectations for Brooklyn have been the NBA Finals for the last two seasons with KD and Kyrie, and to that they have underperformed. With the subtraction of James Harden and the addition of Ben Simmons, the Nets will face pressure to make a deep playoff run this season. 
Staying in the NBA, John Wall is going to the LA Clippers after his contract was bought out from the Houston Rockets. Wall played just 72 games in his last four seasons, including injuries and missing all last season where he sat out as the Rockets looked to trade him. He got his wish this offseason and will pair up with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in LA. Remaining in LA, Russell Westbrook will stay with the Lakers, picking up a $47 million option to do so. So Sam, New York's had a lot to celebrate recently. The city's still got the best two teams in baseball. How'd it go in the Bronx last night? It went pretty well for the Yankees last night, who rallied from down 5-1 to versus the Oakland Athletics to win 9-5. to Anthony Rizzo and Giancarlo Stanton homered, but the big rally came in the seventh inning. The Yankees scored six runs after loading the bases for Josh Donaldson to hit a go-ahead two-run double. Jose Trevino doubled to score two more to put the game out of reach. The Yankees have two more games against the Athletics before they head out on a 10-game road trip. They have the best record in baseball at 54-20 and and a 12-game lead in the AL East. The Mets were off yesterday and host the Houston Astros for two games at Citi Field starting tonight at 7 p.m. Carlos Carrasco pitches for the Mets, who have the best record in the National League and hold a five-game lead over the Braves in the NL East. It sounds like the Yankees and the Mets have been holding it down, but I heard there was a fight out west. Yeah, David, there was. Twelve players and coaches were suspended last night for their role in a benches-clearing brawl between the Angels and Mariners on Sunday. Phil Nevin, Angels interim manager, was suspended 10 games, and Seattle outfielder Jesse Winker received seven games. The brawl began with a pitch thrown at Mike Trout, who was followed up the next day with Jesse Winker getting hit intentionally. After that, he angrily began the brawl between the two squads. Punches were thrown, and it delayed the game 18 minutes. For WFUV Sports, I'm Sam Davis. Thanks, Sam. Climate change and pollution are rapidly changing our planet's ecosystem. One of the most pressing and serious issues that climate change has caused is insect decline. The American Museum of Natural History recently opened up a new exhibit highlighting insects that are endangered or extinct. WFUV's Isabel Danzis went to the museum last week to check it out. Bugs often get a bad rap. Lots of people think of them as annoying, gross, invasive, or even scary. But despite insects' negative reputation, they are critical to our world. Climate change has caused extremely high rates of insect decline. The American Museum of Natural History opened an exhibit last week that aimed to try to change people's opinions on these little creatures by showing off their beauty, as well as sounding the alarm on the effects that climate change has on our planet. So the idea with this project is to essentially raise awareness about insects in a way that it allows people to appreciate them. You know, they're beautiful creatures and people don't normally have the opportunity to view these creatures in this scale, in this kind of detail. That was photographer Levon Bliss. The new exhibit is called Extinct and Endangered, Insects in Peril, and it features Bliss's photography. The exhibit contains extremely close-up photos of extinct or endangered insects. Viewers are able to see insects in such extreme detail that things like pollen can be seen on bees, and so can individual spots on butterfly wings. The details of the picture show a side of insects that is impossible to be seen with the naked eye. Biss says that now there's a need to photograph insects because of the alarming rate that insects are disappearing. Many of the bugs featured in the exhibit are already extinct. It's, it's not experience when you're working or playing with an insect that is extinct. Yeah? It's quite a humbling experience. And particularly when you know that that insect is extinct primarily because of us. It kind of, it certainly made me realize that this exhibition was an important show. And it's, you know, it's one that had to happen. Insects are essential to our ecosystem and the way that our world works. 
For example, they help carry out functions like pollination, which we depend on for food and more. We as humans need to understand and appreciate that we are part of an ecosystem. We don't control the planet, we don't own the planet. We live in an ecosystem with other living beings on this, on this planet, and, and insects are probably one of the most important, you know. They underpin pretty much all ecosystems. Biss's main goal with the exhibition is to educate the public, as well as to inform a new generation. He hopes that the exhibit may help to inspire a new generation of nature lovers, or even entomologists. The thing that I want to push about this exhibition is that it's not, you know, it crosses the boundaries of um, an art exhibition and a science exhibit, which is fine. You know, people should come there to be entertained, but they should be educated at the same time. They should walk away with knowledge. Biss's photography can be seen at the American Museum of Natural History and their new exhibit called Extinct and Endangered, Insects in Peril. That was Cityscape host Isabel Danzis talking about a new exhibit at the American Museum of Natural History. Cityscape aims to encapsulate the culture, feel, and energy of New York City. And that's our show for today. I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis. And I'm David Escobar. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you find your podcasts.